0: Sly a fox, culture did in pop, give him his props, here is a thot, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try, careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake, whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, whoa. fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go.
1: What is going on everybody? We are through the NFL regular season. We're moving on to the NFL playoffs. If you're in many cities uh, today, I think you're extremely excited. Most of all, Cleveland, probably places like Miami, and uh, oh, I'm forgetting an NFC team that uh, that just got bounced. In Arizona, you're probably not quite as happy as. Uh, and if you're uh,
2: the Giants, you're just planning to torch. Philadelphia. Oh God,
1: I, I would too. Actually, as a Browns fan, I'm ready to torch Philadelphia, and that had nothing to do with me whatsoever. That was that was a little bit ridiculous last night, but today me and matter here we're going to uh recap all the games but spend most of our time talking about the ones that affected the now playoff teams for the nfl and of course as we're going through as well we will talk about all of the firings that we got on uh, the traditional black monday as they call it in the nfl where you see all these openings happen uh not uh, i doubt we'll see any more kind of feels like all the ones we've gotten are the ones we've all sort of expected nothing really too surprising this year i feel like every year you usually get one or two that's kind of surprising we didn't really get yeah. many of those this year some of that may have been a COVID. who knows uh but we'll we'll d- discuss that as we move through matt how was uh how was your weekend and new year i guess
2: it went pretty good you know had a little uh, time off uh, to rest and then uh watching unfortunately my most of my game watching yesterday was watching uh the denver game which uh was not exactly uh, a clinic on on important coaching and then watching the sunday night game uh where where i was like i cannot believe afterward peterson can come out there and say he was coaching to win yeah
1: yeah we i don't uh I didn't even finish watching all that game, so I I saw uh, a lot of that stuff this morning. I had to go back and see exactly what happened uh, because I figured I was going to take, after much celebrating Friday, for anybody who follows me on Twitter, you know how that day went. I didn't even post how the night ended, uh, which was even better. I may have celebrated a little bit too hard. Uh, That is what it is, and then obviously winning uh, the game Sunday was a a lot of fun for me as well. So I was a little tapped out emotionally uh, this weekend, so I, I called it an early night last night. Uh, But let's jump into the game. But just
2: think of what an amazing three-day stretch of football you're going to have. Saturday, three NFL games. Sunday, three Uh, NFL games. And Monday night championship.
1: Let's hope. Because if you guys thought I was a pain in the ass and annoying on Friday... Just, just, just you guys wait and see if things go my way Monday night. It's going to be bad, especially with certain people calling me out on Twitter because I was celebrating Ohio State uh, beating Clemson where I feel like I was one of the very few who picked Ohio State to win that game. I, I never, I don't think on these airwaves or at least not yet. We haven't gotten to Friday yet. Well, we'll pick the game. Uh, I have yet to say that Ohio State will beat Alabama. So people coming at me with the Alabama's better takes, I'm not disagreeing with you. Alabama's the best team in college football right now. I never once said Ohio State was going to beat Alabama. So they're going to beat Clemson, and they beat the shit out of them. So, I mean, I I don't, you know, it is what it is. I enjoy enjoy the haters, and it actually makes this a lot more fun. But anyways... Bills beat the Dolphins 56-2-26. Two struggles. Ahmad and Gaskin score touchdowns. Dolphins win 10 games but miss the playoffs. Sucks for them. I remember exactly what this was like. I want to say it was 2010 maybe for the Browns with Derek Anderson where he took the Browns to a 10-6 and record and they missed the playoffs. And – we had all that hope going into next year. Hey, we found our quarterback. Everything's looking great. And then I'm pretty sure they went like three and thirteen, and four and twelve, and four and twelve, and four and twelve. So, <laughs> granted, Miami definitely seems to hold to be a whole lot more set up than the Browns are. Kind of what is what is your biggest thing that you think they're looking at going into this offseason?
2: Well, they probably need some more playmakers on. On offense, I
1: actually like Gaskin and Ahmed.
2: I know the trendy thing to talk about last year was they would need to get a running back, but I actually like those two guys. I think surprising, you know, we all, you know, including Dennis have loved Preston Williams, but outside of like a small sample stretch in 2019, we just haven't gotten it from them. Uh, Parker seems to be fine, but they got to have something that something else there. They probably need to go. But, you know, we also probably need to see some growth from from Tua. Um, Yeah. You know, they've won a couple of these games by reinserting Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no lock. He comes back. It was a two-year deal. A lot of people thought he'd play out this year. I don't know if he wants to come back and be a backup there. I don't know if he wants to come back, period. And yesterday was not a very – great showing in a very important game where we said, Hey, you know, what's it going to be like? Can Tua bounce back? Can he do it on his own? You may have actually, you know, he got hooked in that Raiders game and saw the backup come in and move the ball. uh, Like there was no defense to get a win there after he had struggled mightily. And then yesterday just got obliterated by Buffalo three interceptions looked bad. They were getting blown out throughout. Um, To me, that's a little bit of a red flag, you know. And that's—I'm not throwing in the towel. Obviously, we liked Tua coming in. And rookies have their ups and downs, but it's a little concerning, you know. And is this going to be the tactic that they take moving forward? I don't know if they did a great job. They inserted Tua, but I don't know if they did a great job of building up his confidence this year. And that would be the scary thing for me going forward.
1: Yeah, I think two is the, two is one of the biggest things. I've I've talked about it on Twitter. I know I've mentioned it on this podcast. I, I don't remember where you had him. I'm he was Dennis's one. I I had him three. Okay, so it was your one two. He was three for me. I I saw some of this in college, and it was kind of my biggest concern, especially with the team he had around him in college. He doesn't have the playmakers around him on Miami he had around him. Uh,
2: pick number four they might be able to go uh, get him one of those guys
1: that is very true and that'll be i'll be interested to see what they get i'm not bailing on to at all he's still a phenomenal quarterback prospect it's one year we've seen a lot of these quarterbacks and i have a great year one bounce back have a great year and vice versa we've seen guys like as in, for instance, Justin Herbert this year, Baker Mayfield a couple years ago, have great years, and then hit that rookie wall and not do so good. So I'm not even trying to say that Herbert's going to be 10 times better than two, even though I did have him ahead of him. They're still holding – we've got to see what happens next year. That's the big deal.
2: We'll get to some of the other guys. What an interesting quarterback class this is going to be because Burrow was looking pretty good but then had a massive injury that – you have to come back from. Tua gets inserted earlier than we thought, but, you know, there's a lot of questions. Herbert had a pretty good year. The team wasn't always successful, and now he's going to get a new coach, new system, and Hurts, I don't know what to make of what Philly thinks of Hurts after last night. It's just kind of a fascinating, you know, we saw some high points for all those guys, and we've seen some real low points or questions heading into the off season.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be. I think that. But what you said a minute ago is kind of be their biggest thing is what they do in the draft, how they do to help, what they do to help him on the offense. They have a lot of cap room as well, or not a lot, but I think they're middle of the pack in cap room yeah. as well. So they they've got the ability to add some offensive pieces around Tua. I think give him a whole another year in this offense as well is going to help him out some too. Hopefully, no more pulling him at the end of the games for Ryan Fitzpatrick. We'll see what happens. But to Tua's, I think. Not a bad thing to say either because we all still believe Tua is going to be a really good player, but I think if that's the biggest issue you have right now worried about well, who's going to help or who's going to help him – uh, is kind of a good thing for Miami moving forward. On Buffalo's side, Allen finishes with two twenty-four and three touchdowns. Diggs leads the league with one hundred and twenty-seven receptions and in receiving touchdowns as well, which I believe was fifteen. So he Diggs comes over from Minnesota and has just an amazing year. Buffalo goes three and three. They lock up the second seed. Uh, is Josh Allen an MVP candidate for you? And if he is, where would you rank him if you had if you had to say submit an MVP ballot to the NFL? NFL, where would he rank for you?
2: Yeah, so I did uh, in my Monday recap column this week. I I gave my picks for all of the kind of postseason awards. And I think conventional wisdom says Mahomes is in the running and Aaron Rodgers is probably the front runner right now. And he had an amazing season. I didn't, I don't think I realized until yesterday how many touchdowns he had thrown. But for me, Josh Allen is my MVP. If I was voting, he would be number one because. You're talking about a guy whose career best, now granted it's only his third year, was about 59% completions and just over 3,000 yards. This year, he increased his completion percentage to over 69%. They said he worked on his motion. He said he was dedicated to maximizing his talent, threw for over 4,500 yards, 37 passing touchdowns, had another eight rushing touchdowns, more than 400 yards rushing. And – Buffalo is a force. Buffalo, you know, Buffalo feels to me like they might be the team that has the best shot of challenging Kansas City going into the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, it's been remarkable what he's done. It's a big credit to Sean McDermott too with what he's done. Yeah. But for me, what Josh Allen did this season is amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think for me, it comes down to him and Rodgers. I don't know. I think I mentioned this last week or even the week before that uh, Rogers was kind of sneaking in to be my NFL MVP, but I was worried that because he's already won it twice. we I remember we, Dennis was on with us, so it must've been a Thursday show. I went back and looked at it and he's won it twice already. I wonder if maybe he gets kind of like that Jordan fatigue and a guy who's already won the NFL MVP a couple of times. So they're going to give it to somebody else. I think Allen is extremely deserving I don't have Mahomes up there. I I know Mahomes is having a good season. I just, I, and maybe it's because of what he did last year. I, I feel, or the two years ago. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> it's weird. We already have Mahomes
1: fatigue. Too. Exactly, because he's so damn good. Yeah, I feel like he's just not having quite as good a year. For me, it would be between Rodgers and, and Allen. And I think I'd probably give the bump to Allen as well, just because he's taking a team that, while everybody expected to win the East, I don't think any of us expected him to be this good. And, the reason I think you could – I could understand the – if Rodgers wins it, I won't be mad because I think I made the argument on there and I still agree with it. We never saw the dip with Rodgers that we saw with Allen. Allen had that three-game stretch where he was just not good. And Bill started losing games, and we were all wondering, okay, are the Bills going to like fall back out of this race again? Where Rodgers, I think, really only had – I know they're 13-3 two, but really they were in every game except for the Tampa Bay game, which I'm pretty sure is the one that the Packers got blown out. And outside of that – They were in every game. Rogers still played good in all those games. They got
2: slapped down in one of the games by Minnesota, too.
1: Did they? I thought they won both their games against Minnesota.
2: No. They split with Minnesota. That was one of the where it was trendy to think Minnesota was
1: finding a pulse. Let's see here. So who all did they lose to? Let's see. Oh, there we go. Packers, 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 I think they might have lost to
2: Seattle, too, which is why they would have got.
1: They they never played Seattle, but I think that was a conference record. Colts, they lost in overtime. I remember that. That was when Marquez Valdez-Scantling fumbled the ball. Yeah. Um. What the hell? I'm only finding two losses on here. Who's the third? Colts, Packers, Vikings, 28-22 okay so that's not that bad they'd lost by that was the one where um I I think I know what that one was though flight tracker has a chartered plane from Columbus landing and pff, good luck urban Meyer I guess uh anyways uh yeah so
2: Aaron Jones they may not have Adams must have played because
1: he's on there but Oh, I just closed out of it. But, yeah, I mean, I, for me, that that's my biggest thing, though. Is the three games, they were spread out throughout the year. Really, in my opinion, Tampa Bay, where they lost, I think it was 28 or 38 to 10, was the only game that they really got beaten up on, and Rodgers just played horribly. I, I don't put the Indianapolis game on him. He played well. That was a fumble in overtime. And I'm going to be honest, don't even really remember the Minnesota game, so I can't say if he was good or not in that one. Uh, the Ravens beat the Bengals 38 Dobbins goes for 160 and two touchdowns. Ravens are the fifth seed, and they get the rematch with the Titans. They lost to Tennessee earlier this year, and obviously Tennessee was the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. Uh, just early thoughts. We'll obviously talk about this game a lot more on Thursday's podcast, but uh, what are your early thoughts on these two getting the rematch again?
2: Yeah, I mean – It's going to be interesting because I think they played during the year this year too.
1: Yeah. And Tennessee won
2: with Tennessee. So Tennessee could be a case of where the Ravens just don't match up very well. I think we forget how the Ravens were playing in the middle of the season because they ended with such a kind of tepid and soft schedule, Um, you know, that they they really have gone in with some momentum, although I'm encouraged they seem to be getting Dobbins going in Tennessee if, I, if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm petrified because their defense does not look very good. Yeah. I mean, they they had to have a like career rushing day from Henry and a huge day from Tannehill and AJ Brown to even overcome the Texans last week. I think. Baltimore presents some significant challenges. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting um, to see them go back and forth. That's probably one that I'm going to wait till later in the week to pick because that feels like a pretty even um, battle to me. Which is why I was surprised that one didn't end up being one of the primetime games.
1: Yeah, um, I find it interesting because I feel like. While Tennessee's defense isn't great, their rushing defense is much better than their passing defense. I I feel like the strengths match up in this one and the weaknesses match up, which is where I think this is going to be interesting because Baltimore's strength is obviously their running game, where I think that's the strength of Tennessee's defense, where Tennessee's weakness is the passing game. And while, yes, Baltimore looked good passing on the Bengals uh, last week, they still, I think, struggling to get the passing game going. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how that works out where Baltimore's defense seems to struggle against the run. And you've got Derrick Henry going in there, but they're very good against the pass. And we've seen Tennessee, I think, is one of the few teams in the playoffs that is perfectly fine just giving the ball to Henry every single play uh, to try and beat you. Yeah, I just don't know if that's like the greatest
2: plan against Baltimore. I think Tennessee's going to have to throw. It feels like that's what they did to win those playoff games to win that playoff game last year, they came out much more aggressive as a passing team than people were expecting. And a lot of it's going to depend to me on um, Jackson, you know, this stretch to end the season, they've been getting good performances from other players and stuff. I don't feel like he's been asked to do a lot, but last year it was, if, you know, not to put it on any one person, but he struggled a lot in that playoff game after a pretty epic season And they just couldn't seem to recover. Have they figured out a way to make themselves not as dependent on him? Is that what that last stretch of games? Are they hot? Sometimes it's the team riding the momentum going into the playoffs, and it's hard to find anyone hotter than Baltimore. I think they were six and five after that loss to the Steelers. Now they're 11 and five, so they've just
1: been pounding their way out. Yep. Uh, Cincinnati side looks like they're keeping Zach Taylor. We'll we'll save more about what we think about these teams in the offseason, but just early thoughts on that. You know, obviously Burrow out. They they looked good at times. They did win the big game, obviously, against Pittsburgh, Zach Taylor. You know, one of those things I think is kind of just makes sense, you know, right now with everything going on, maybe don't fire him with the COVID season. You've seen a little bit of promise. Give him one more year with that quarterback.
2: Well, I think Cincinnati is a case where no one thought that they were going to be able to bounce back Really quickly, I mean, the first year he was hired, it seemed pretty clear they were going to be one of the worst teams in football with their roster and that they had a lot of turnover. I think the offseason is going to tell the tale, but I would say if you don't see some market improvement next year, Taylor is going to be out. I know they say they like the culture that he's building, and those are the kind of things you can't see in wins and losses. And no team, it seems like, has been as beat up as – Cincinnati the last couple of years with their big marquee players getting out. If they don't do something to fix their offensive line though, he's, he's going to end end up getting bounced out because they're not going to improve.
1: Yep. And I'm going to be honest. It also doesn't help when you go, um, when you're now playing in a division with at least this year for, with three teams with 11 wins This is the first time that's happened since, I think you said the NFL expansion era, I believe if I'm remembering that tweet correctly. So, Having three really good teams in the AFC North and you trying to make your way into there as well is not not great for you.
2: Well, it's not like we expect either any of those three teams to massively regress either. Yeah. You know, sometimes you see one who's doing good that, you know, maybe the wheels will fall off. I guess Pittsburgh's probably the most vulnerable depending on roster moves.
1: Yeah. Uh, next up, Browns and Steelers, two of the teams in the AFC North that finished with 11 or better than 11 wins. Browns 24, Steelers 22 uh Claypool and Juju both had good days here with Mason Rudolph uh Pittsburgh rests quite a few players covid for others uh you obviously the news is that they're going to get I'll just Talk about all because it kind of mixes in with both of them. Actually, Chubb goes for 108 as the Browns win narrowly. Uh, They they definitely wanted to make this more exciting than it needed to be, Uh, but the Browns almost their entire secondary out with COVID or injuries. They lost some linebackers. Obviously, the unfortunate news of them losing Olivier Vernon today as well uh, looked like an ankle injury comes out to be a torn Achilles. Unfortunately, so he done for the year and and probably most of next year. All of next year. year. He was he was looking really he was actually leading the Browns team in Sacks the second half of the season, was playing really good, uh, was going to be a free agent, so looked to be a probably on his way to a pretty good contract with somebody. I don't know if the Browns would have re signed him, but at least with somebody. But I think the big that reminds
2: of this- you of when like Durant blew his Achilles in the yeah, NBA finals. When you get clipped in the playoffs or at the end of the season, it's really
1: yeah, I, I, I really feel bad for him. And I'll be honest, it sucks too as a Browns fan because he, he's been really – he's. What we were hoping he was going to be last year, opposite of Miles Garrett, and even beginning in the this season we didn't see, and then really right around the bye week, this whole team I think has shifted, and and we've seen a, a much better team, and those two have really played well off of each other. Even when Garrett was out with COVID, uh, Vernon really stepped up in the place of that defense, and unfortunately he's not going to be there. Uh, so the big thing for this game is uh, obviously they got flexed into the Sunday night game which is great news for the Steelers and the Browns players because it gives them that extra full day now to possibly uh, get the COVID testing everything back. There's a realistic shot that all of the players that were out because of COVID for the Steelers and the Browns will be back in this game. So both teams coming back to as much as full strength as possible uh, for this one. I think being a Browns fan aside, I think this is one of the more exciting wild card games. But again, what are your kind of first impressions of this one?
2: Yeah, I think this is a
1: big game, and it's
2: going to be. It sucks for you that you have to wait till the tail end of playoff That's weekend okay. to see That's your okay. team. Um, but yeah, as somebody who uh, will will never forget the uh, the first year with Manning and and first game of Saturday wild card having uh, Joe Flacco knock us out of the playoffs. Maybe you want to wait till the end, enjoy some good games, try to yeah. relax through it. But you know, I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, Obviously Pittsburgh sat some players last week for rest um, to, to get them ready for the playoffs. It's going to be a little bit of a different kind of game should be different. You know, if the Browns can get some of their players back Too, these teams have played each other twice, they're really familiar with each other. Um, I think this is one that could go either way to me. Uh, You know, I was talking about this morning uh, when I was, Writing, you know, I, I feel like the Browns have a really good chance, and we see usually every year uh, at least one lower seed in the wild card ground uh, pulling upset. And I'm not even going to count Tampa Bay as a lower seed upset um, because that's just some ridiculous seeding. But I, you know, I think this is going to be a really fun game. There's a reason they made it the Sunday night A-team prime
1: game. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those. I hate to say this because I feel like I'm being way too confident as a Browns fan, but I really think this is the perfect matchup for the Browns going in Pittsburgh. While they definitely showed some things in the second half of that Indianapolis game, their offense has not been playing that great. Their defense has been a little bit beat up and, and guys not playing good before the players who sat yesterday and the COVID stuff. So I think this is a great matchup for them. I think Baltimore, Baltimore, to me is the the scarier team which i think is weird to say because Pittsburgh finished with a better record and and we saw that Cleveland could hang with them a couple weeks ago so if the Browns can get their players back, I think they've got a real shot of, of winning this game. It's going to be, you know, the biggest thing, and, and, and I don't even know if I'm that worried about it, is Browns have one of the youngest teams in the NFL right now, and most of these guys have not experienced any kind of postseason play. Uh, but Kevin Stefanski's been able to keep this team level-headed and, and that calm, cool leader the entire time, so I think he's going to be huge for this I'm excited. I'm. I, I can't wait. As like I said off air, uh, as we were about to talk, it's going to be. It could be a very big weekend for me again, which I'm. I'm really excited about with the game Sunday night and Monday night. Uh, but I just wanted yeah. to be here. All ready. I know
2: is it's going to be a huge weekend for me. My wife's going to see her family on Thursday night, oh, and we be back to the following Thursday. Because I was looking at like, Man, wild card weekend. There's three games a day. How am I going to explain it? Don't have to.
1: There you go. Yeah, I, I don't even remember. I somehow inadvertently got something planned for my wife, and so she's going to be gone, at least gone all day Saturday. And then Sundays doesn't matter because Sunday's my day anyway, so I get to watch. But, yeah, she's doing something with her friends all day Saturday, and she's like, but I can stay. I was like, no, you know what? You haven't even spent that much time with your friends. Go ahead. go. You do you. You do you. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll be okay with the kids. So, yeah, I'm, I I cannot wait. Ten hours of football Saturday and Sunday is going to be amazing. Vikings lose to the Lions in this one or beat the Lions. I'm sorry, 37 two thirty-five. 35. Stafford, uh, do you think that he's back next year? I mean, what would what, you again? What, we're just gonna do early thoughts on this stuff because we, we've got plenty of off season to discuss this, but kind of your early thoughts on Stafford with the Lions again. Uh, we should, I guess, talk about yeah. Detroit is one of the teams uh, that will coach be a for a new head coach and general manager.
2: I'm actually leaning toward him not being back. Okay.
1: I think they are going to try to go into a rebuild and
2: and make some moves.
1: So we do know, obviously, with that um, that he's he's got a pretty decent sized contract on him. Uh, so we're gonna have to see how that a team is going to have to have pretty much have the cap room to trade for them. I know we had mentioned before, uh, I think Indy was one that made sense. There were some other ones I was trying to pull up. So Dennis had tagged us in the thing right now. They've got about $10 million in cap space available. Uh, first round, second round, third round pick and two fourth slash fifth round picks. No sixth or seventh round picks. That's kind of the, the position they're heading into at the moment. Obviously they've got, if they move on from Stafford, uh, they're high enough up that they can still get one of these top QBs in the draft. They've got uh, – if they bring back Kenny Galladay, I think Kenny Galladay and – well, I think Marvin Jones is going to be a free agent as well. But you got Quintess, yeah. who's been really good as a rookie. You've got TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift. You've got a good, for the most part, team around you. Defense needs – They up. also have
2: huge needs. On, I was going to say yeah. huge needs on defense too. And I think they just – they they're at a point where they're not like one. I don't feel like they're one player or one pick away from making it. Um, and that's where I just you know, let's see what happens with Rivers. Let's see what happens with some of these teams. But I, we've talked about a Wentz or a Matthew Stafford. It's not impossible to think that they get traded to somebody who needs a who. Where quarterback's the missing piece. I don't think quarterback's the missing piece in Detroit. Yeah. Stafford's been as good as he can be. They they have a lot of pieces. And if they can get cap cap space and picks back, that's how you you have to go and try to retool your team.
1: Thank you, Coot. I appreciate that. Every time someone says it, there's a little bit of a boost of the ego, so I appreciate it. Um yeah. Does It'll that be also mean that you don't believe in offensive football? Not at all. I love offensive football. Uh, I of doesn't if uh, if Stafford moves on, they're not going to cut them. They're going to trade them. So they're going to get something back if they move Stafford. Uh, so we'll, it'll be interesting. Again, that's going to be, we've got tons of tons of dynasty content coming, coming your guys way here in the off season. So we'll definitely dive more into this stuff. We just kind of want to get through as much of this as we can uh, since we are only going to move to two shows a week uh, now. So for the Vikings, Jefferson, congratulations to him. He sets the rookie receiving record is insane, especially with the way that they, they barely used him. What was it like the first three, four weeks of the season? He was not doing anything. And then he comes on the way that he did. It's just it's amazing. Good for him. He got the Jonathan Taylor treatment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's he's been phenomenal and especially a guy that a lot of people kind of wrote off there was not many people talking about him as one of the top rookie wide receivers in this class myself included i think i had him at four or five i I didn't even have him that high and he's he's been phenomenal i mean there's nothing else you can say except he's been great uh vikings moving into the off season biggest thing i think that's come out so far is gary kubiak is retiring so they're losing kind of the guy that's really that offense has been built around for the past four years. I mean, Stefanski pretty much ran that style offense with Kubiak. I know for at least the past two before he came onto the Browns this year. Kubiak was doing it this year. We'll see what they do. You know, I know a lot of people are wondering if this will be bad for Jefferson or Thielen Cook. I don't think so. I do think that with the way Zimmer likes his offense to go, they will lean toward a more run heavy type coach. So maybe. Daryl Bevel in Detroit might make his way right over into Minnesota with the way that he likes to run the ball. Uh, but I, I would say if the Daryl Bevel comes there, I think if I'm being honest, that probably is worse for Thielen than Jefferson. Jefferson just proved this year. I think that he's, right on the cusp of being a top wide receiver in the game. I, I can't imagine regardless of – unless you bring in an, an offensive coordinator that's 99% run the ball, 1% pass maybe, uh, but I don't think Jefferson's game gets hurt. What are your thoughts on, on Kubiak leaving and what that could mean? Well, it's
2: a, It's got to be a bummer if you're a Vikings fan because offense wasn't their problem. We've talked about many times their defense. Screw them. Kirk and, and- played fairly well. You had two great receivers. Irv Smith looked great at times. Dalvin Cook had a good year. They need offensive line help, and they got to do something about their defense. And what would scare me the most is that's supposed to be Zimmer's thing.
1: That's what I was just about to ask. I thought thought Zimmer, Zimmer, he's like a defensive guy, right? Just got that extension, huh? It's like someone on the podcast said that was a bad idea when it happened. It's
2: why it kind of, you know, Atlanta's doing the same thing, in my opinion. They had a defensive guy in Quinn. They let go. Raheem Morris is their defensive guy. They they interviewed him. Now they're interviewing Robert Sala. And I, I like him as, as oh. a coach. It's like, are, are, you know, you keep going the defensive route and you keep having no defense. Something is not adding up there.
1: I mean, I love Sala. I really do. Like, he was he was the one that I want. If the Browns couldn't get Stefanski, that's who I wanted. I just, the way his players speak about him, the way Shanahan speaks about him, the way he just is on game. Like, I was sitting there watching the 49ers make their run last year, and I was doing a lot of research on all these guys because the Browns were very interested in him, or at least that, that's what the reports were coming out, and just I was just like, God man, if I could have him coaching up Miles, Garrett, Denzel, Ward, this defense. Oh my god, I'd love it in Cleveland. And I love Stefanski, don't get me wrong, but I think Sol- is it Salah or Salah? I can't I can't remember. I I'm not gonna Yeah, i so yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm horrible with names. Yeah. Robert, that guy in San Francisco. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to be a phenomenal head coach. So I, I can't wait to see where he goes because I think he is going to to be really good. Uh, next up, the Patriots beat the Jets twenty eight to fourteen. The Jets fall short, end up two and fourteen. They eventually fire Adam Gase. They really like to leave us all on the edge of our seat there for a while. They said they were going to fire did. him and it took forever. They did they, in the
2: afternoon.
1: Yeah, I know, but it was like way in the afternoon. There are a lot of people like, so are they actually going to do this or no? But Joe Douglas is staying for now. Uh, he's promising big moves with the second pick or Darnold is what, or he said they're going to do something for quarterback. It's yeah. either people they're going yeah, to move Darnold and take it, or they're going to take a QB two or trade the number two pick uh, to get more picks back. We'll see what they're going to do. Uh, I don't, my biggest thing is with Arnold. I don't know what you're really going to get back because he hasn't, while the team has obviously won a couple of games now, and they've looked more competitive definitely in the second half. Of games. We can't sell them short in the fact that there were a lot of games they were in. They should have beaten the Raiders. Uh, there was other games that they were in the games. They didn't just get blown out every single week, but Darnold never really particularly stood out in my opinion.
2: They have a terrible roster, though. I mean, so that's, you know, that's the question. Do you believe in Darnell? This was year four for him, right? He was Baker. Yes, famous that.
1: Baker. Yep.
2: I feel like he should have – or no, this is year
1: three for right. No, Yeah, 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 you're right. Going into year four, yes.
2: But, you know, for somebody who has taken – Pretty high, you know. We've seen we saw Baker struggle at times, but has bounced back. We've seen Josh Allen continue to get better. Lamar Jackson, what he's done. So Darnold has a little bit of an edge over Rosen, yeah. but that's that's about it. But at the same time, like we've consistently seen, they don't have a great set of talent around him, yeah. and people coming out of the Adam Gase system seemed to do better. It's just be really interesting. Joe Douglas, you know, I don't think he was the GM that took
1: Darnall. Nope. Uh, Joe Douglas was brought on by Adam Gase. So that's what makes that even more interesting. Well,
2: and that's the kind of thing you know, they're talking about. He's staying and the, go coach is gone. The roster is not very good. So. Yeah,
1: so that, that's my thing about it, too. I, I'm with you on that, and I agree. Ku Harrison says Darnold needs more talent around him. He absolutely does. I mean, I think Mims is still very good. We've seen spurts of him this year. I I, I P do Ryan think he could
2: develop into something.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd go get a running back. I, I think P. Ryan's going to be that good. I think he's a good uh, – I think he'll be a good player, NFL player, which I guess is really all that matters. I, I, we focus fantasy here, obviously. I think he could be like a – a good NFL player, but I don't think he's a lead running back in, in, in any shape or form, really. Defense needs some help. The thing with Douglas is he was the one who wanted Le'Veon Bell, gave Le'Veon Bell all that money. Now, Le'Veon Bell has shown, I guess, spurts in Kansas City, but hasn't looked great. He spent all that money. Now, he was smart enough to eventually just cut him, Uh they're still going to have to take a— is it just this year they took the dead cap hit? Do you remember? Yeah, it like
2: usually it? accelerates up into the year.
1: Okay, so then maybe well, they'll be fine. Yes, yeah, so that's my thing. So you're going in 2021. Well, they gave uh, CJ Mosley all that money. The Jets,
2: it's projecting the Jets have 73 million okay, So they're, they're, they're good. And they have two firsts, yeah. a second, two thirds, and five in the fourth through seventh round. So they have. Some draft capital. I, what I would hold against Douglas is, it seems like he took any players on defense or offense that had talent and either cut them or traded them. I the trade for Jamal Adams wasn't terrible. Um, what the Jets got back, but I don't know.
1: No, I'm with you. We He hasn't shown enough in in the drafts because, like, what did uh, he took? It Was it Becton ride, am I remembering correctly, to, to yeah, help yeah, short that offensive line? So that I thought and was they, good. They
2: actually made a lot of moves last offseason. They went and yeah. signed Connor McGovern to give them uh, a new center. They went and got a couple other free agents. They drafted. I didn't think it was a bad idea to invest in the, the line. But their receiving core, you know, Crowder can be good. I just don't know what to think about Darnold. You know, he missed time again this yeah. year. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. We'll see.
1: Yeah, and like so, Mosley was the other big one that they paid. Uh, I think that was two off seasons ago because he got injured yeah. the, the first year, so and then opted out this year. So yeah, that'll be huge for the defense coming back. But I mean, it, it, that's going to be the question everybody's going to be talking about until they make that. If they either make the trade for the two pick or they they trade Darnold is. Fields or Darnold? What are you doing moving forward? Would you rather have Fields or would you rather have Darnold? And and I know which way I would lean. I feel like that this shirt here is going to say that I'm, I have a little bit of bias on there, but uh, I think what that.
2: What do you get? What do you potentially get back for Darnold? I don't know that anyone's giving you.
1: You're not getting a first.
2: But, I don't think you're getting a second or a third. I would say it starts as a So fourth.
1: that's where I might disagree with you if you get a team like say a new england who's looking for a quarterback do they just say hey because we've seen new england is not afraid to just throw away second i mean they threw away a second round pick of muhammad effinson new last year if bill belichick goes and you're like look we'll give you our second round pick for sam darnold right now i would probably do it i mean <laughs> it's not great but yes. i don't know what else you get back
2: I mean, if you could get a second round pick, that'd probably be good. I just don't. I don't really see.
1: I mean, the Jets could take the cap hit, but I don't. You, I, I think if it, so, Coop says I would trade for Wentz for Darnold. Mm. I, I don't. That you, you're, you'd have to take on a massive cap penalty bringing Wentz in. I think it's twenty or thirty. Is it thirty million next year? I can't remember off the top of my head. I want well, to
2: say that's his salary. Philly is the one that would eat cap penalties for. Yeah.
1: Well, I know theirs would be twenty five million. I remember the guy posted Albert Breer posted it on Twitter because we were all worried that it was going to it was impossible. They would take like a twenty five mil cap penalty, and then the rest of the contract would obviously be transferred to the Jets. But uh, they seem
2: pretty dogmatic that they don't. They want to trade him. Uh, so wow. his salary in 2021 base salary is 15.4. Signing bonus is 3.2. Roster so. bonus of 10 and an option bonus of 6.
1: So, uh, so for a yearly year.
2: cat 25.4 million of yearly cash. So that would be yeah. a roughly at least a third of the yeah. available cap space they have right now. And with a team that needs that many things, you know, is a new coach coming in saying, I want to be saddled with a guy that we have massive questions about and has that kind of a contract. I think the kind of team that's going for Wentz is a team that thinks they're one quarterback away that thinks they can make, you know, that's why Indy makes the most sense because he had some of his best years with Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator.
1: And he actually has an offensive line. Although I don't think the Jets offensive line is bad. I I think. No, they've improved, but. Yeah. All right. So.
2: Suspect.
1: Yeah, Uh, the Patriots side here, uh, Cam Newton throws uh, for three touchdowns. Uh, It's already pretty much been reported that Newton will not be back with the Patriots, so he'll be a free agent. You know, Newton's going to be one of those guys. I think, unfortunately, we're going to see the same thing we saw last year. It's going to be a while before we see him sign with anybody. I don't see him fitting very well with any other team. I really don't know if he's going to be a starter moving forward. As for the Patriots, same thing. I think this is the first time in a long time that we have a lot of questions about the Patriots and what they're going to do. There's a lot of talk they're not going to bring Stephon Gilmore back. What else do they do? That defense needs help. That offense needs help. They traditionally don't draft a quarterback early, and they, and they don't have a very high pick. So will they take a quarterback with their first-round pick? A lot of questions in New England. What are, what are your kind of early impressions on the Patriots franchise?
2: You know, Bill's still there. Nobody had more opt-outs due to COVID than the Patriots, so you have to think about they're going to get a lot of pieces back. I, th- The irony of Cam Newton, who threw eight total touchdowns in the season, three of them coming yesterday, uh, was just baffling. I actually thought New England was going to lose that game the way they were tracking, but uh, they came out and did pretty well. They they have a lot of questions. Their skill positions, you know, Cam wasn't great, and I don't think you can use that all for an excuse, but they have major skill position questions. Jacoby Meyer uh, was a nice story. Demir Berg was an okay story. Demir Bird was so far on the depth chart in Arizona that they cut him free. Yeah. You know? And Patriots are good at finding those kind of players. There's questions about running running backs. You know, Michelle maybe, may or may not be done. We saw White kind of fading down. Do they want to change scheme? is Josh McDaniels going to leave? Yeah. You know. There's there's a lot more questions than answers and there's a lot more questions than we had going into this season. I think the the kind of myth of Bill being able to take whoever and and kind of gloss it over is gone.
1: Yeah. The Cowboys lose to the Giants, twenty-three to nineteen. Dallas comes up short in the end here. Obviously, both these teams needed a win, and then Washington to lose uh, Sunday night to make it into the playoffs. Dallas loses thanks to Wayne Gallman's balls, I believe, is from what I gathered on that. (laughs) And also,
2: you were you were correct, primetime Andy in the daytime.
1: You're welcome. Man. I called that one. Unfortunately, I don't think it helped me enough. I'm pretty sure I lost to Justin by one in the picks. I was looking – I can't get it to pull up anymore, but when okay. I was looking, I was uh, – I, I made up at least one, I know for sure, possibly two on him, but then I looked, in the rest of uh, the games, we picked the same team, so there was no way I could make up another. <laughs> uh, but Shepard goes off for the Giants. Uh, the Giants win, but don't make the playoffs due to – uh, obviously, all of the backlash we've seen Philly take for what uh, Doug Peterson did in that game. Uh, obviously, let's just go real quick. Thoughts on – quick early thoughts on what happened with uh, Dallas and your early opinions of the season on why can I cannot not remember his name? Joe, Joe Judge. No, Cowboys coach. Mike McCarthy. Oh, and then Mike your thoughts Price. on Joe Judge as well in, in New York being a first-year head coach as well. Um,
2: it's not a good – Year for Dallas. They, if they retain Mike Nolan, um, they might as well just give up. Uh, They got to do something different on defense. Just didn't look good. They have a big questions with Dak. Um, Probably some questions about Zeke. Questions about their offensive line. Dallas. I thought they were the most talented team coming into the year, and they just have kind of fallen flat. I'll be curious to see what they do to make themselves over this offseason. Giants have some of the same questions. They need their guys to get healthy. Um, I thought their defense played uh, above what we were expecting. I think Judge got the team kind of uh, going. Uh, Not a bad first year uh, for him. They look like they have some talent. They – Much to the horror of all of us, have resurrected uh, Dante Pettis. Uh, I was as soon as I saw him catch touchdown, I was like, "Why, God?" Yeah,
1: Dallas defense is awful. They need to fix that. Yeah, I I was talking to a a Cowboys fan today about that and. You know, I brought up the fact he he was finally coming onto my side, saying that he thought Mike McCarthy was just a bad coach, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been telling you, I've been telling Dallas Cowboys fans that for a while since, well, yeah, then since they hired him, that was a bad move. Uh, I, but I'm with you. I mean, even with as phenomenal as Dak Prescott was playing earlier in the season, they were not winning games, and they should have started zero and four. Uh, even with Dak being as phenomenal as he was. Team needs to fix some things. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. We'll see if Mike McCarthy fires Mike Nolan or if they agree to part ways or however that works, and we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. As for the Judge, I, I think I actually thought he had a pretty decent year for the injuries to some of the other things they had. Uh, I, I guess I would think it's not going to happen because Dave Gettleman hasn't been fired yet, but there was a lot of talk earlier that Gettleman might be on the hot seat, hasn't gotten fired yet. I think he's probably going to stay. We'll see what he does. You know, a lot of people have given him a lot of shit, but some of the draft picks he's made have, have been really good. I think the biggest question I'd have is why you took Andrew Thomas, who does not seem to be the answer there. There was other, I mean, you know, everybody kind of, which is funny, if you guys followed us on draft night, we did a live a uh, uh, live show throughout the draft, and that's who I wanted the Browns to take, and, and they took Jedrick Wills, who so I thought the Giants were going to take, it. I was pissed about it at the time. And now it looks like they clearly took the better guy in Jedrick Wills, and everybody is saying that they really messed it up taking Andrew Thomas. So it'll be interesting. I think if Dave Gettleman does stay on, this will be a huge draft class for him. He's got to get these guys right because I I don't – the whole NFC East to me just seems down. And, and all it's going to take really I think is for one of these teams to get a couple good players and turn around and could easily dominate this division at least for a year or two. And I think Dallas has the upper hand right now over the other three, but I don't think the Giants are far off.
2: Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, and to answer your question, you went 15-1 and one in picks this week
1: and fell two picks short. Two-pick short. Got gotcha. you. Okay. Uh, so the Buccaneers beat the Falcons 44-27. Uh, Tom Brady goes for 399 and four touchdowns. Tampa Bay is hot. They're riding in hot. Something you just mentioned. Same thing with, uh, with Baltimore. Uh, going in there, obviously, the biggest thing for them right now is going to be what happens with Mike Evans. I saw the, the news today. It's not considered to be a serious injury, and he is questionable for the game. I would think with the way that looked, there's a hyperextended knee. Pretty, I feel pretty safe saying he's not playing this weekend. Maybe if they go through yeah. and beat Washington, he'll be there for next week, but uh, I'm not – they have the weapons to get past not having Evans this week. I do think it's fair to say Washington was the one team out of the NFC East you did not want to play with that defense in the way they can possibly get after Brady. So uh, that that's the one defense scares me more than any of the other three. So Or the other two, I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: I mean, I guess Washington didn't look very good to me. No. Um, I think that Tampa Bay is going to murder them.
1: Oh, interesting. I'm I'm a little bit on the other side of that, but uh, I like I said that that defensive front is not is one that I think could give Brady fits. And and well, again, I don't think losing Mike Evans is going to hurt them too much. You got Antonio Brown, Godwin, Gronk, uh, Bray, uh The running yeah, game. I
2: think their up. their line has been getting better. You yeah, know, that's something Brady hit on. And Tampa Bay's defense can be imposing too.
1: On the Falcons side here, so obviously we just mentioned a minute ago, they they interviewed Robert uh, Sala, who I am a big fan of, the 49ers uh, defensive coordinator. Unfortunately, they're coming in with, I don't understand why this is red. Is that over the cap, 24 yeah, million? They're over the cap. Great. So the Falcons are over the cap, 24 million dollars. One first round pick, one second, one third, and then they're uh, three in the four through seven range don't really have a whole lot else going for them. I mean, defense has struggled. They they didn't lose a lot of guys on defense, in my opinion. The offense hasn't looked great. Matt Ryan's really been struggling, and they're tied to him for a lot of money. I think, in all honesty, if Bill O'Brien hadn't completely screwed the Texans with draft picks— Atlanta would be the worst opening for me right now, if I'm being honest, but I think because Houston doesn't have much as to build around and they're probably last, but, but Falcons are really damn close.
2: Yeah, they might be the least appealing uh, to me because you have a lot of aging and trench stars. I'm going to be honest, the way Houston ended, it seemed like they got into a groove and they figured some stuff out with Brandon cooks. And David Johnson. They still have Deshaun Watson. I would take Watson where he is right now over Matt Ryan. The Texans need to fix their defense, you know, and maybe they'll they'll be able to. You know, a good coach can can help get that turned around. They actually had some decent offense, but Atlanta, they what are they known for? They're known for choking, you know, and that's a cultural thing that's tough to overcome especially if you're wedded to the same kind of core of players. Chef's kiss. Uh, you know, I I would also have to, uh, well, yeah. And Gurley was a bust, but Gurley was on a one year deal. So there are 24 million projected over the cap with him not on there.
1: Yeah. I mean, Gurley was a, I can't say Gurley was a bust. They brought him in there to do what he did. He just failed in the second half, but it didn't matter because Atlanta wasn't succeeding. Like, they brought him in there to be that goal line grinder, and he was that for the first half of the season. He was scoring, like, what, a touchdown a game, if not two? Like, he was really good for them earlier in the year, and then all of a sudden his knees just, like, completely gave out on him. And then, so I don't know if it was a bust. They didn't bring him on for a ton of money. It was just a one-year deal. For fantasy, it sucked if you didn't move him before he hit that wall uh, because then he really kind of fell off. But I don't think it was a bad move for them. They didn't have any. Did you know like- he's
2: only 26?
1: Yeah, I know. I mean – it's my biggest fear with Sony Michelle too, that he has the same injury. And we've seen it. That's why as good as Sony Michelle has kind of looked in this last couple of games, I can't trust him because look at how bad this fall has been for Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, and honestly, I hate to say I mean, Guy yeah. went
2: from being the consensus number one pickup in Dynasty and practically the league MVP that took his team to the Super Bowl in 2018. Two yeah. seasons later, you're like, I wouldn't touch him.
1: Uh, And even fantasy football, he was uh, what two years in a row was a guy that if you had, you probably won your fantasy championships because of how he went off, especially in the later half of the season. So yeah. Yeah. Injuries, especially. Yeah. Those knee injuries have cost him. And again, same Sony Michelle. uh, And and so I, I, you know, I don't think if he is back on a team, it's not going to be in any kind of capacity, at least that he was this year for Atlanta. I think he, if he signs with another team, it's more of like a backup guy to come in, get you a couple of yards, and then he's right back on the bench. Uh, Packers beat the Bears 35 to 16. Rodgers finishes with 48 touchdown passes. Uh, they get the top seed in the NFC, so they get the bye. He finishes hot. He's my MVP. I think I am going to take him. I think I said earlier I would take Allen. I'm changing my mind. It's got to be Rodgers. He's just been so phenomenal this year. And I like that he's having fun. He just seems like a different guy. Um, You know, He's out there not throwing his teammates under the bus like he was in the past. So Rodgers for MVP for me. You know uh,
2: what? You were wrong. Devontae Adams split the league in touchdown receptions. He had 18. I just remembered. I could have sworn that. Devante Adams had 18.
1: So then, why did the tweet say that that he led in touchdown receptions? Maybe it was touchdowns in the AFC. I'll have to see if I can find that really quick. But go ahead. Your yeah, thoughts right. on Rodgers and uh, the Packers?
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought I think they've looked good. Uh, they probably would be. You know the front runner, the closest thing to a consensus front runner in the oh. NFC. Catches
1: Definitely. and receiving yards. I'm sorry, fifteen oh. thirty five receiving yards. Both led one hundred twenty seven catches and fifteen thirty five receiving yards. Both led the NFL. I
2: when we were when I was looking at Rogers touchdowns, I remember them saying, "I couldn't believe Adams eighteen touchdowns."
1: Uh, you know, so
2: monster year for Aaron Rodgers. Devonte Adams, um, you know, at this point in time, it's hard to imagine them, you know, breaking the band up. We wondered if drafting Jordan Love and them talking about one, needing to run the ball was, was, you know, saying that the time was getting short. It's hard to imagine them moving on from him unless you saw some kind of incredible implosion. Yeah. Uh, definitely a front runner for MVP right now. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I would, I would take Allen, but. He, it's hard to argue with what he's done. Uh, it would be a neat story. It's you know, it's gonna be. I hope we get the Packers Saints in the NFC championship game because I think that's the matchup we all want to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, God, it hurts my heart saying this, but. If championship weekend ended up Chiefs, Bills, Packers, Saints, oh my God, would that be a phenomenal weekend? Oh my God, that'd be two great games, which they would be playing all on Sunday, right? They don't do the Saturday, Sunday? Okay.
2: No, it'd be all on Sunday. The the thing that scares me is you're talking about the top two seeds in each conference and the. That's
1: all right. That's what it has been the past few years, hasn't it? No, No.
2: last year, Tennessee was the four seed. Oh yeah, yeah, that's
1: right. Well, no, I'm, my bad. It's the Super Bowl, though, right? The Super Bowl always ends with that one and a two in the Super Bowl. The past couple of years, is that what? It, that's maybe that's what I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, I think that's been true. But the the championship games, I think it's only like one year in the last twenty or something that you've gotten the one two matchup in both conferences. It would no. be so sweet, but it's
1: uh, the Browns. Yeah, Round. So I'd, I'd love, love for them to make it. I'm just saying, man. I was talking to someone about it today, about a quick off topic, and they were saying that they think Indy could upset Buffalo and then Baltimore would obviously... Everybody thinks Baltimore... They A lot of people think Baltimore's going to beat Tennessee. I think it's going to be closer than what some people are saying, but I think, obviously, with the way Baltimore's been playing there, and I was like, man... if could you just imagine the Cleveland, if Cleveland beats Pittsburgh, then they're going to go up against Baltimore in the next round. If Indy upsets them, you know, back to back divisional playoff games. And if they were to beat Baltimore too and knock out Pittsburgh and Baltimore, Oh God, I don't even care if the Chiefs blew out. 56 to three, I'd be perfectly happy if we were the ones that ended Baltimore uh, and Pittsburgh's playoff runs. But The Bears side, Mitch was okay in this one. He's been he's been really good the back half of the season. Kind of struggled in this game, Uh, but the Bears make the playoffs. Obviously, back into the playoffs. Yeah, back yeah they back into the playoffs. They get the Saints, which uh, you know they did technically give the Saints all their money. Did they beat the Saints? I can't remember. I want to say it was a close game if I'm remembering correctly, but I don't know if that was a breeze game or not. I was trying to remember, Uh, but I know they played earlier this year. I've got to think that the
2: Bear, the Saints beat the Bears, and I'm pretty okay. sure it was a Breeze game from where it was in the season. Yeah, Breeze threw for two eighty and two touchdowns, and that was a, but that was a full
1: game. Gotcha. Nagy, you. well, obviously, again, have uh, more time to talk about this, but Trubisky gets him to the playoffs. I think that them making the playoffs has secured Nagy's fate. I don't think he's fired now. Early thoughts yeah. on what you think you're gonna do with Trubisky.
2: I mean, if it's me, I'm probably looking at keeping him because look at where you're gonna be, middle of the pack draft-wise. You saw the potential there. They have some other issues they need to work out, but you saw them finally getting into a groove. I'm probably taking him seeing if I can dump foals in his contract and and get somebody. That I feel confident in, you know, as a backup.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think they've got to. I really hope Cleveland wins. Uh, Browns need to run the ball, no turnovers. You can be the I hope so, Coop. I really do. I mean, it would be phenomenal if the Browns could, could even. Uh, they what was the what was the stat there oh in 18 i think in Pittsburgh lately so that would be amazing if they can end up pulling that off uh, and again knocking them out of the playoffs just because I'm going to be honest i've really just um i've bookmarked a lot of of Pittsburgh fans tweets here in the past uh, 24 hours and them saying that uh you know that the browns didn't deserve to be in the playoffs and you're welcome that the steelers gave it to them i'm sorry but if you guys didn't think that you could beat us with Mason Rudolph, then how the hell did you guys lose to the third-string quarterback and Ryan Finley a couple weeks ago with the Cincinnati Bengals? You guys played who you played. You lost the game. They didn't give that game. Mike Tomlin, I guarantee you, did not show up yesterday and say, oh, I'm going to help the Browns win so they can get into the playoffs. That ain't the way Mike Tomlin is. one of the best coaches in the NFL. So I hate when Steelers fans say that. So I'd love nothing more than the Browns to knock them out because uh, you can bet your ass I've got a nice couple tweets Fired up in my draft section right now that will be firing out as soon as that happens. Uh, as for uh, Nick Foles, so oh wow, yeah, oh, that's not that bad. They can get out from underneath his contract, which is a really bad number, if I'm going to be honest. If you want me to read this to you. Six, 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 six would be the dead cap hit if uh, if they let full scale. So, but yeah, hey, 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 Chicago, they can get out from a, from pretty cheap though. And I'm going to be honest, kind of feels like this is a year because if they wait till 2022, if they cut him, then it's 10 million. So this is yeah. the year. And I remember that's what they did. I remember when they brought him on, he redid his contract. So. You drop them out for let's just call it a, a cool six million dollars. So we'll have to go the six six route, but a cool six million dollars there, that's not a bad gap hit. I would probably just let Foles go and, and and be done with them if I'm if I'm the Bears. Uh Colts beat the Jaguars 28 to 14. Chenault with two touchdowns. Doug Marone uh, is fired. Uh, Taylor goes off for 253 and two touchdowns. He looks like a beast. Uh, great uh, great for me. Continues to make me look amazing. I think he actually finishes RV5 on the year, which is just even better because I said top 12. And I was ridiculed by certain people about that. Uh, but my, the big thing here, J- Colts, they're in the playoffs. Uh, They've got a decent team all around them. Phillip Rivers has been playing good, so they get the tough matchup this week uh, against Buffalo, who I think is probably the second-best team in the AFC right there with the Chiefs. But the Jags do uh, fire Doug Marone. Uh, So they obviously have the number one pick in the NFL draft, which everybody's going to talk about. They also have $81 million in cap room, which is the most out of all of these teams two first-round picks, two second-round picks, one-third, and seven picks in the four-through-seven range. Uh, As Dennis uh, commented here earlier in the show, that there is a chartered flight from Columbus to Jacksonville. A lot of rumors linking Urban Meyer to the Jaguars. Uh, I I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it here, and I'll I'll get your thoughts on it. I love Urban as a coach. I do not think that his offense is going to – be good for an NFL team. So I'll be really curious to see who he brings on as an offensive coordinator if he lets them run a NFL style offense, because the running quarterback offense that he's run throughout his entire college tenure, I think is going to be really bad if he goes and brings that to the NFL, even with Trevor Lawrence, who I think is going to be a phenomenal college prospect or NFL prospect. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. I mean, you would have to think this is probably one of the most appealing coaching openings because you have a ton of cap ton of draft picks, some good young talent. You know, I thought James Robinson was really good. You still have DJ Shark. Chenault uh, has been developing along nicely, so you have some some appealing pieces. They obviously need to do something on defense, but you're also in a division where, you know, you can probably bounce back quicker than others. So I like Tennessee. I like Indianapolis just fine, but they don't feel like super teams, and Houston has its own questions that it has to go about. So I would think it would be an appealing place. Um, you know, Meyer is a big name. I don't know if he's the right hire. Um, we'll see see what they do. Um, but it's going to be curious to see how the Jacksonville Jaguars, it feels like it just as quickly as they kind of fell from being in the AFC Championship game, you could see them bouncing right back up into contention. You know, Tennessee was – we weren't really talking about them. And then last year they managed to get Tannehill, a couple pieces of an energetic coach that gets the most out of his players. And they're back up to being contenders. You saw that with the Browns this year. I I don't think Jacksonville is as far away as their one in 15 finish would. indicate. Yeah, I,
1: I would actually say out of all the teams, not just because they have the number one pick, I think that they could be a contender next year. If they make the right decisions now, with coaching, I I, you know, I love Justin Fields, and I, I will continue to take to my deathbed that I think he is just as good as Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with either pick. It seems like everybody wants it to be Trevor Lawrence, and it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, and there's nothing wrong with that pick whatsoever. Trevor Lawrence is, as everybody says, right up there with Andrew Luck-level talents coming in already into the NFL. The offense is really good around them. I think that they've got a really good running back in James Robinson, who's looked really good this year as well. I think they've got a decent offensive line and has a lot of good weapons that you just mentioned. The defense has some questions that they need to get answered. Well, guess what? It's a pretty good defensive class, and they've got a ton of picks. If they make the right picks, they bring in the right coaches. I agree with you. The AFC South, in my opinion, is up for grabs. I do not think any of these teams have solidified themselves as – the best team in this division. The Colts and Tennessee are good right now, uh, but they both have huge glaring holes. Now I think if, 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 if my goodness, I want to keep saying Houston, Houston's the worst. If Indy gets a quarterback, I think that they then quickly move to the best in the division because the rest of their team is just extremely solid, but that's really the only, I could easily see Jacksonville contending to be the top of this division next year. If they make a couple big moves here, I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do. Uh, the Chargers beat the Chiefs thirty-eight to twenty-one. Herbert throws for three hundred two and three touchdowns. Chargers finish well. Uh, they fire Anthony Lynn, um, which. A lot of people are happy about. It. I still think Anthony Lynn's a good coach, but I- I've said on here, maybe it's my Herbert love, but I, I felt like he is way too conservative at times and it cost them a couple games. If, if you really go back to earlier in the year where they lost, I believe it was five or six straight games where they were up 16 points in those games and they ended up losing them, the Chargers might be in the playoffs right now. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think all of that's on Anthony Lynn, but there was a couple games that it was. The Chiefs game, I blame him for some of the play calling. There was, uh, I believe, the Tampa Bay game. Same thing. He made some decisions where he just didn't want to be aggressive enough, and I think it cost him. Again, I I that game against the
2: Patriots where it looked like they were completely unprepared, and they just got rocked from start to finish. The Patriots haven't been that good of a team. Yeah. So –
1: you know, I, I don't know what they'll do. I'm trying to. So the Chargers right now they stick with 30 million in cap room, one first, one second, one third, and then five picks through the five through seven range. So I think they've got a, a fairly decent team around them. Fairly, uh, fairly decent offense. A lot of good weapons. They're this re signed Keenan Allen. You'll know, Hunter Henry will be a big one there at tight end. Obviously, uh, offensive line is good, not great. Uh, defense needs some help. Now they did lose a couple of their key defensive starters at the beginning of the year. Getting those guys back will be key. Uh, probably make a couple moves on defense. Coaching is going to be huge. I would imagine they're probably going to try and bring in a more offensive guy to work with Herbert, and and that's going to be the big thing for me too moving forward for them. Is can Herbert continue on his trend upwards? Does he take any kind of step backwards? Uh, what are your early thoughts on the Chargers?
2: Yeah, I think that would be to me that's probably the second most appealing um, yeah. spot on the on the list. Um, most appealing if you were looking for a team that has a lot of pieces already in place. Um, You don't get to probably mold it as much as you would in Jacksonville where they have a ton of picks, a ton of cap space, and not a ton of entrenched players. But we we saw their offense was pretty good. They have some good stars on defense. They probably, you know, likening it a little bit to – the 2019 Browns would make some sense because that was a team where we thought if they would have had a little better decision-making and coaching, maybe they win a couple of games and they get in. You're talking about being seven and nine. The Raiders aren't bad and ha- aren't going anywhere. You know, Denver still has some work to be done, so they have opportunities in their own division outside of <clears throat> the thing that would probably ward you off the most is Kansas City. Yeah, being in the division, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say, and again, maybe it's just my love for Herbert, but I, I think this is the most enticing for me because of the the weapons you already have there on offense and defense. You, you have a pretty good team already in place, and you're not really that hurt um, cap-wise. They've got a pretty decent amount of cap, and they still got draft capital as well. So they, they've got a lot of things that they can do. You know, if you're really wanting to completely reshape a team in your I- image, then Jacksonville, I think, would be the way to go. But I, I like what the Chargers well, uh, place.
2: Well, that, but also Jacksonville, I see a clearer path to winning your division than I do right now. With
1: well, so the one thing I say, City. I agree with with the fact of Kansas City being a team that's not going to lose a lot. Herbert in his what was it third game starting, he took Kansas City to so why they should have won that game. That was, again, that was that one of the first games where Anthony Lynn, I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? You're going to cost your team the game. So he took him to the wire. I don't really count this one because they they, they sat so many players. Uh, it really wasn't the, the team that you see. But they took the Chiefs into overtime, and, and the Chiefs ended up coming back and beating them. But that was one of the teams that they were up 16-plus points on, and, and the Chiefs ended up coming back and beating them. Uh, the Rams beat the Cardinals here, unfortunately, 18-7. to I was really hoping – that Kyler Murray was going to be able to to bring errors. What's Airs that the of one himself, pick you but, missed? Uh, yeah, no, because I
2: think you picked the card.
1: I thought I did the Cardinals to win that. I thought I really went 15 and one. I could have swore I picked a different one that was would have been wrong too. Uh, It said you had 15. I think I picked picked the Giants to win, where I think everybody else went Cowboys. That was one of the ones I I figured I I liked the Giants. I thought they could pull the upset, but no, Murray was in and out of the lineup. He's been banged up a lot here in the second half. Uh, I'm honestly. I'm actually kind of starting to worry about him as a dynasty asset moving forward, but that can be a discussion we have in the offseason. season. Uh, I, I kind of look at him as Kyler, the compiler, if that makes sense. Like I, the more I look at it, the way he compiles stats, I'm not sure he's, I'm worried about him moving forward. And that it's coming from a guy who was really high on him. I picked him to be my NFL MVP this year, uh, but what, what's kind of their biggest step for you moving forward or their next best?
2: Step? Well, for a team that spent so much time and, capital pouring into the offense. I think they have problems on their offense. Obviously they still have problems on the offensive line beyond DeAndre Hopkins, who we saw teams, especially in the back half of the season, it just seemed like they put three guys on Hopkins and said, Kirk is not going to beat us. Sheffield's not going to beat us. Drake's not going to beat us. And they didn't. And Kyler couldn't, you know, defenses seem to figure them out. They don't. They don't have the greatest defense, so it's going to be interesting. They need to pick it up. Cliff Kingsbury, to me, would be another guy who you start to wonder about some of the coaching decisions and stuff because they really faded down the stretch after a pretty hot start. I mean, if they don't win that, you know, Kyler Murray, Hail Mary game against Buffalo, it probably looks even worse. Uh, and they had, you know, they caught the giants at the right time. Um, you know, they could—they weren't that far off from being a six and ten, five and eleven team.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they went all in a couple off seasons ago into Cliff, King, Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury. My goodness, and uh, Kyler Murray—that that was what they wanted to do. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see what they what they end up doing moving forward for them. The Rams—they're uh-huh. in. Uh, win this game on defense and kicking Goff is expected to be back for the playoffs. If not, I would assume we'll see him Walford again, probably not great for them, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't,
2: but they're playing Seattle who also looks like they have no offense anymore.
1: Yeah. That that's just been ridiculous. Uh, the Raiders beat your Broncos 32-31. Despite the turnovers, Carr gets it done. Waller breaks the all-time reception record. Uh again, Raiders finish 8 and 8. Uh they improve their record for the third straight year but fall after being in a prime playoff spot again. No, it was two years in a row. I don't think they were in the playoffs the third the first year, but wow. for the past two years they've been prime playoff spot, faded down the stretch. Uh, Of course, Josh Jacobs goes ahead and gets himself a DUI and a car accident today and in Las Vegas, so good on him. Uh, Your thoughts on the Raiders going into the offseason?
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Derek Carr. I think that's probably their biggest question other than they've got to do something on defense because their offense was good enough. We saw Brian Edwards have a really nice moment. Uh, I think Ruggs is okay for what he is. They found something with Aguilar. Waller is incredible. Jacobs is okay. Um, You know, I think they have enough there. Did we see enough? I I thought Carr had a decent season. I feel like he's shouldered some of the blame for games that the defense has screwed them. They He did enough to beat Kansas City. His defense didn't. He did enough to beat Miami. His defense didn't. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, he was not having his best day, but still, when he needed to, came all the way down there, and thanks to some epic coaching failure from Vic Fangio, was able to get the timeout to get everybody together for that two-point conversion. So, you know, I think the Raiders, they have some talent. They're in that stadium. Uh, They have some stability uh, with – who signed that massive contract and I think they're they're going in the right direction they just need to hit on a few pieces on defense
1: yep yeah that'll that'll be the biggest thing they, they've drafted a couple of really good defensive players uh the past couple of drafts that they need to hit on some more and you know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when they were starting to fade was uh what was it they've put in I think it was like six 78 to 80 percent of their cap is all on the offensive side of the ball, but yet they were blaming their defensive coordinator for not having a good defense. Maybe it's because they don't have a lot of good players.
2: Um, they talked about yesterday they need some of these young defensive players like uh Arnett and um I can't remember who their safety is to actually stay on the field, and that they haven't been able to get them to stay on and have complete games. Cleveland Farrell, some of their picks that you know we were like, oh, is that a good pick? They've played well when they've been on the field. They can't stay on the
1: field. Uh, for the Broncos, uh, Locke goes 333, 339 with two touchdowns. Uh, Judy goes five for 140 and one. The Broncos have already announced they're bringing back Fangio Shermer and Drew Locke. I'll let you handle this one as the rest of the Broncos fan. Do you think they should?
2: I, I'm going to be honest. You know, I, I don't want to – see them, you know, keep making change after change. I thought Locke was up and down, but, you know, it it was really his first full year as a starter. And even that he missed some time with injury. They've had other injuries all over the field. I will say, you know, I thought Judy acquitted himself a lot better yesterday after what was a really bad week 16. They have some young talent, um, the, probably the bigger question for me is Fangio because of some of that game management. I mean, yesterday, you're up 31-24. They're going down there. Confusion going into a third and a fourth down. You burn one of your two timeouts, and they get to set up, and they go in for a touchdown. Then they decide they're going for two to try to win instead of tie. There's mass confusion. It looks like they're not going to get the playoff, and you burn your other timeout. Why? At, those are what's hard to take they made the announcement today that LA is moving up to being president of football operations and they're going to hire a gm in between and got get rid of matt russell who is retiring who is the vice president in charge of player development be curious to see what that does maybe just a fresh set of eyes i think that's a recognition by john that they he needs he's he's got a lot on his plate and he wants somebody else to handle evaluations they have talent. I was just very disappointed by the way Denver ended this season.
1: All right. Seattle beats the 49ers 26 to 23. Kittle and Wilson come through again. Uh, what is uh, what is the 49ers' biggest need heading into the offseason?
2: I think quarterback.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people have him taking Zach Wilson out of BYU. Who would be a really good fit in that offense if he can fall that far? I mean, he's he. he I like Wilson a lot, so it, it'll be interesting. It, it seems like they've kind of hinted that they're moving. I think to they Barabolo too.
2: They still have some cap space too, I, so I wouldn't be surprised if they if they look at a veteran, you know. But I think Mullins, you know, there was a lot of question before this year. Could he be the guy? Yeah. Beathard seems to me like a quality backup. Mullins, I don't think is the guy, and Jimmy G probably not the guy. I think they have talent in a lot of places, but that's going to be staying healthy, which is always their challenge. It seems like and getting a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I would I would think Mullins is almost out of the picture because he had that Tommy John surgery, and I, you know I've talked about that before. That 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 does not leave you a whole lot of. uh It usually takes you about a year, and so I don't think uh, he'll be available by then. So. You're looking at 2021 about. Oh, that's not working. 26 million dollars. So not Not great, not bad. You know, probably. I think that's probably lower end. You also got to think too. They lost a lot of their top players to injury, wide receivers and defensively. So they're going to get a lot of really good players back. So I'm I'm with you. Quarterbacks, their biggest thing. Lockett goes off 12 for 90 and two as funny. I saw the the picture that someone posted. So Lockett breaks the team record in catches going over, uh, uh, over a hundred catches for Seattle, but Metcalf broke the receiving yards record for Seattle this year. Uh, So very interesting that even though Wilson in this offense has struggled, just found a way to keep those guys mostly relevant, at least for us fantasy wise. Uh, But as you mentioned, and we mentioned earlier, uh, their offense is really struggling. It's not a great time to be struggling going into the playoffs. Is this a major concern for you?
2: I think it is. I saw somebody on Twitter say, you know, Russell Wilson's had the worst eight game stretch of his career uh, down this back end. Now that's why that game against, you know, whether Goff comes back or not, that playoff game with the Rams and Seahawks, I do not think that's going to be a barn burner.
1: Yeah. And those teams know each other well as well, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. Uh, the Saints beat the Panthers, starting three two seven. No running backs, no problem for the Saints. Uh, obviously, they will likely get most of their guys back uh, before their game with the Bears. Uh, really the big question, I guess, for me is Drew Brees. What do you feel about him? You know, he's still slowly kind of been working his way back from those broken ribs and everything. He, in my opinion, is going to be the key. If the Saints want to make a deep run, how are you feeling about him at moving into the playoffs?
2: Yeah, and I think he's looked better the last couple of weeks. Another big question is Michael Thomas is supposed to come back off IR for the playoffs. The thing that we haven't seen at all in 2020 that was magic in 2019 was Breeze and Michael Thomas, who did just amazing things record production. Thomas has only played, you know, I think a couple of halves with Breeze. And he's only had good games this season with Taysom Hill. So, you know, can they get that going? It's not exactly like the first time you want to build chemistry together is in the playoffs against the Bears, but it'll be curious to see they really need to get Kamara back. their defense is playing so good, that would be a concern for me with this is gonna be tell us how, how much Trubisky has advanced. Yeah.
1: For Carolina, Bridgewater and PJ Walker, who came in supposedly because of the ankle injury for Bridgewater struggle, throwing five interceptions. Uh, do you think Teddy is back as the quarterback in 21? They made a huge investment in him. Now we've talked about uh, you brought up, uh, I guess, a story that came out last week or the week before that seemed like the biggest difference with Matt Rule and their GM was the fact that the GM felt like Bridgewater was the answer. Rule didn't. Uh, they are in a position to draft a rookie quarterback if they want. What are, which way are you leaning right now uh, going into the offseason?
2: Yeah, I, I think Carolina's going to draft. Whether that's first round or take a flyer on a second and third round, it's going to be more of a competition. I Ridgewater wasn't terrible, but nothing of a, that I've seen makes me think he's a great franchise quarterback.
1: Desmond Ritter, I would love to see the Panthers take him in the second round. He's a quarterback that I'm very high on. A lot of people say they think he goes in the first. I don't because I think there's already five quarterbacks that are likely going in the first. We've never seen in NFL history six quarterbacks go in the first round. I don't think that there will be six this year. Uh, But Ritter's a guy who I think could, Panthers being high up there in the second, take him in the second round. You know, Matt Rule has run a lot of his offenses with a running quarterback who can throw the ball. Ritter can do both. I I think he'd be a really intriguing fit there with the weapons they have in in Carolina. Especially if they can get McCaffrey back. It was a
2: real lost season for, I mean, he went from being like 90% of their offense to not being available.
1: Like the the way I would explain it for for anybody who may not know who Desmond Ritter is, I would say he's a more explosive Ryan Tannehill. So uh, I mean, he's a a very good quarterback. We've seen the past couple of years with what, uh, what Ryan Tannehill can do in a competent offense, I think Matt Rule runs a competent offense. So I think Desmond Ritter could be really good in the NFL. Speaking of Tannehill, him and the Titans beat the Texans forty-one thirty-eight in a really actually uh, thrilling game there in the, the the late window of games. Henry did, does get to two thousand as me and Matt predicted on Friday's pod. Was it Thursday's pod? Friday's pod. Yeah, Thursday's Thursday. Pod. Thursday's pod with uh, does go leads the league in rushing for back-to-back seasons, first time since nineteen sixty. Uh, can Tennessee be? Contender though with this defense, we've kind of already talked a little bit about that. But just kind of, what are your thoughts?
2: I mean, I think they could potentially get past Baltimore, but that's that's the thing for me. Their their pass defense is yeah. abhorrent. And that, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, even Cleveland can can chuck the ball. Those are pass pass heavy offenses. I I mean, they needed to win, and it took. Everything they had, and a friggin' miracle to get a regulation
1: win. Yep. So that's the only reason why I think the matchup with Baltimore is great for them in the first round, because we know yeah, Baltimore Baltimore's not a high volume pass offense. Yeah, that's the that's, reason.
2: Well, that's why I said I think they can get. It, it's less of a liability there than, but their rushing the offense. To her defense is no great shakes either.
1: Yeah. Uh, for te- Texans side here, uh Watson. Nearly brings the Texans back. Obviously, it was the big play to AJ Brown, who just—I mean—phenomenal play. That dude is—that dude's the man. Uh, that really ends up helping Tennessee win that game. Uh, they signed Watson long term. Really, how appealing is this team? You mentioned earlier they—they've played much better here in the second half. They've looked better uh, mm-hmm. than we all thought. Oh, dang! And I accidentally deleted the picture. Oh. I was trying to look at uh, what that was. So, oh, so they have.
2: Uh, $16 million over the cap. No first, no second. One third and five picks in the fourth through seventh
1: yeah. rounds. And, and not a lot, lot, of, lot of tradable assets. That's what I was about to say. Not a lot that they can Especially, move to get more picks. So I, um, I honestly but, think... We, we just talked about it for, I think it's a, in my opinion, it's a tie for them in, in Atlanta. I don't think either one's a great spot to go to. So I think you're likely going to get like a, possibly like a young GM type person who's, who's probably not gotten a lot of shots to do something in the NFL to try and come out and do it. And you're probably going to get a head coach that is, in my opinion, probably not going to be that exciting. Uh, because I think a lot of if there's a, a head coach with an option, I don't think they go there.
2: So, so they. Ju- so what I hear you saying is that they're just keeping Romeo Cornell.
1: I don't think they'll keep Cornell. I could be wrong. I like Romeo Cornell. I may be one of the few. I, I always liked him when he was in Cleveland. I don't know. Is it, This is I'm like, if, if Houston called me, I'd take the job because I'd be probably getting paid millions of dollars and that'd be so, great for me financially. But outside of that, I think I would just, it would not be fun.
2: Let me ask you as painful as this potentially sounds, if you're the GM that goes in here. The other guy didn't leave you much yeah. to work with. Sure. Yeah. You. Maybe if you have some shrewd picks with what you have and, and can figure out some shrewd moves, you could be back to where you could be a middle-of-the-pack contender. Yes. Do you consider moving your only great asset?
1: No, and here's why. Watson is a quarterback that every team at the top of the draft is hoping they can draft right now. That's who they want. They want a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, right? You have him locked up Uh, long-term. To a contract, too, that's not that bad for your cap situation. He didn't sign a a massive deal. He he signed a deal that's helpful for him and the Texans. You already know what you have in him. Uh, You can build around him. So, no, I would not because what are you going to get back with his contract? Maybe you get two first-round picks. You're hoping to draft players who are Deshaun Watson with those picks. You already have them. So, to me, no. If, now, if someone came up to me and is like, hey, I'll give you – I'm trying to think. Okay, so Jacksonville has two first, two seconds. If Jacksonville comes up to me and is like, hey, I'll give you – you're getting the number one pick overall. I'm giving you two firsts, two seconds, my first next year, my second next year, and a third this year, and a fourth next year. Now I'm probably going to think about it because all of a sudden now you're really going to be able to rebuild your team quickly, but I don't think you're getting that from anybody. So for me, no, I would not. Would you trade Deshaun Watson?
2: I don't know. I think part of it, you would, you owe a conversation to Deshaun Watson. I would also look at a guy like him and if he, he so far has been pretty vocal about wanting to stay and be part of it. Um, you know, J.J. Watt's a great player, but I just don't see you getting a huge haul in return for him. Brandon Cooks has already come out and said he wouldn't accept another trade that he'd just assumed retire. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of holes. It just, to me, sometimes the worst, maybe it's too much of the dynasty fantasy football mentality, but we've heard Dennis talk about this before, too. Being stuck perpetually in the middle of the pack is the worst place to be, and I feel like that is potentially the next three to five years for Houston because this wasn't going to be a one-year turnaround even if they had a full complement of picks, and now they they don't have that. They don't have cap space. They don't have anything, and at that point in time, have you already burned through – when Watson would be that guy that everyone's looking for? And do you end up at a point in time? But, you know, we've seen great quarterbacks who they could never build around them finally get a team when they're at the end of their career, and that's what happened for John Owen. He was a great quarterback that drug horrific teams through the playoffs. He single-handedly willed them to three Super Bowls, even though they had little or no chance. And it was not till the end of, the, of his career that they managed to get enough pieces around him to make championship runs. And maybe they can do that with Watson in Texas. But, you know, I probably wouldn't from the PR standpoint, but it really yeah. – like if this was a fantasy team you were taking over, that would be the move.
1: Yeah, but again, I think obviously fantasy is different, and and yeah, well, I think we can be honest too. In fantasy, with the way the quarterback position is, you're not going to get that much back for Watson either. You may get a first round pick, no, so I'm just taking your, your no, no, honesty. yeah, I, I got you. I'm just saying, like that. That's why I wouldn't move Watson because I, I do agree with you that the one thing I can see is he screwed you this year. But moving forward, you still have your picks. You're, you're likely going to start getting some money back onto your cap. You're not always going to be over, so. Are you probably going to be bad for, I would say two to three years? Yes. Watson signed a five-year deal. So if you're smart with what you do the next two years, you could build a team because again, obviously it's early. We don't know what these other two te- these other three teams are going to do the next couple of years, but none of these teams are the chiefs right now or yeah. Baltimore even because Baltimore, while they've had a down here, I still think have got a great core around them. Like, There's not that team in the AFC South right now that you're really that scared of. So if it takes you two years, maybe three years to kind of get those pieces around, I still think they can do it. At that point, Watson's going to be 30-something. So, I mean, I still think Watson's a guy who, for the most part, hasn't gotten those massive injuries outside of the ACL his fresh rookie year. So I I personally wouldn't do it.
2: His freshman NFL campaign.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, I always got college on the mind. All right, last game here, Washington beats Philly 22-14. Well, let's start with Washington side first because of what happened with the Eagles. So Washington makes the playoffs. Uh, I, I mean, we kind of already mentioned it. I'll just give my thoughts really quick. Uh, I, I do think that they have a shot. I think the biggest thing we've seen with Brady when he struggled this year is when that defense can get after him. Chase Young's going to be able to get after him. Montoya Sweat is going to be able to get after him. I like this defensive line. They're going to be the reason that Washington stays in the game. I'm not going to make my pick yet, but I do think it's going to be closer than, than others do. What are your quick thoughts on on Tampa Bay and Washington?
2: I think Tampa Bay is peaking at the right time and figuring it out. and They just have so much more talent. I Washington barely held on to a six-point lead against Nate Sudfeld.
1: Speaking of Nate Sudfeld, so NFL Twitter, Giants Twitter, everybody Twitter went crazy last night as Doug Peterson pulled Jalen Hurts. Even Jalen Hurts, you can see him mouthing, saying this isn't right. Uh, When he got benched for Nate Sudfeld, Doug Peterson came out and said he did it because he thought it gave them the best chance to win the game. Uh, you know, I, I agree with what a lot of the people have been tweeting out to me. What Pittsburgh did, what some other teams did, was not what Philly did. Pittsburgh had really not had a bye week all year. We've seen Big Ben struggling with the arm, bothering him and everything. You see it every year. Teams rest their starters when they have something locked up. Philly did not have anything locked up. You cannot tell me that you were trying to play Nate Sudfield to see what he gives you in the fourth quarter from moving forward to next year. You've got Carson Wentz and you've got Jalen Hurts. Uh, I thought it was shameful. I, I thought it was, if I'm being honest, pathetic. And I I personally would have fired Rosen and and Peterson if I was Jeffrey Lurie, just based on what they did there. Maybe not Rosen decision, but I thought it was just a bad look for the NFL altogether. What were your thoughts on the pulling of Hurts and putting in Sudfeld?
2: Well, to me, it's a completely different situation than a contender who's arresting star players to avoid injury for the for the postseason. Philly's not going to the postseason. That was it. Um, You know, and that was the game that got elevated to the final game of the season, primetime spotlight game. Um, Honestly, if Peterson believes that playing that's Nate Sudfeld gave them the best chance to win, what does that say about Jalen Hurts moving forward? I think that would be very damaging, you know. Relying on that as your as your kind of excuse. I also thought it was terrible. Um, it was definitely shameful. <clears throat> I mean, I get people saying that the Giants could have could have avoided that situation by playing better themselves. Okay, fine, but you know, I'll go f- further than you. I think if I was the NFL, I'd consider taking a draft pick. You yeah, I mean, You have harmed competitive balance and and our product.
1: Yeah, so I don't even care about the Giants side. Like I understand why the Giants side is upset because they had a chance to get in the playoffs if the Eagles win. I'm not even taking it from that side because I, yeah, I agree with you. Okay, If you would have won just one more game, you're in. So, I mean, that's on you guys. It's the fact that the Eagles did it. I don't even care about the Giants side. Like you're exactly what you said. You're harming the competitive balance side of the game. Like that's why they did this. They put all these teams playing at the same times on Sundays, no more Monday night game, no more Thursday night game, to keep the competitive part of these games up, and and the Eagles just go and do that in the fourth quarter. It was was pathetic. I I don't – I'm sorry, but, yeah, with the way – yeah, Jalen Hurts wasn't playing great, but as far as I know, Carson Wentz wasn't hurt, and I'm pretty sure that he wasn't inactive for the game, so now you're telling me Nate Sudfeld is better to go in and help you win a game than Carson Wentz? or Jalen Hurts, who wasn't playing horrible, but has won you multiple games down the stretch. I mean, come on, get out of here. So, no, I, I don't uh, – I think it was ridiculous, but it is it, – at this point it is what it is. There's not going to be anything – anything we can do about it now, and I don't know if the NFL will actually do anything. So, that yeah, was – Yeah,
2: clearly, clearly they were playing for a higher pick. Um, I thought it was weird when they announced earlier like, in the I, day that Wentz, Wentz was going to be a healthy scratch. Oh, okay so he looks it's, scratch. It's, okay. yeah he was a healthy scratch they announced that early in the day which made it even weirder that they followed up by saying they didn't want to trade him and that they still believe him in him and he's still a big part of their plans I mean the amazing thing for Philly is that they've managed to uh, disenfranchise two quarterbacks this season yeah. we should yeah. give give them some credit for that um but, I mean, there is – I guess there's not officially any rule on the books to prevent what they did. I just thought it was it was a major bummer of the way for the regular season to end and a little bit of a black eye. And you know what? Honestly, takes a little bit away from what was a good story about Washington, what Ron Rivera did this season battling cancer and, and raising the culture of that team, what Alex Smith did coming back. That gets overshadowed by saying that they just basically got gifted a playoff spot. They worked really hard this season. And so that does it, does them a disservice. It does everyone a disservice.
1: Yeah. All right. So that will do it for us today. Again, with it being into the offseason, as in uh, for the dynasty side of things, uh, we are going to go back to two shows a week. Uh, so you will see me, Matt, and Dennis again on Thursday. We will preview all of the playoff games, talk any NFL news and notes. Uh, as well So everybody enjoy the next couple of days And we will talk to you guys again on Thursday
0: Prepare for glory I don't know if you got your popcorn ready Do you got your
2: popcorn ready I came out the womb line already And he's hit the end zone For an unbelievable touchdown I would be honest no one up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only they tackle like
0: a 40 Who can make a play? I can Who can make a play? I can <laughs> <laughs>